0: This week's episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by Darth Vader brand sex toys.
1: The force is strong with this one.
0: Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman,
1: and I'm Kristen Kist,
0: and we're the co-authors of a science fiction comedy book series called
1: Prison Dad. Prison
0: Dad. I did that on purpose. Uh, PrisonDad dot com. We write funny books, which we sold a bunch of last yeah, week. That was it's a awesome. Con. We had a yeah. really
1: fun time, thanks to everybody that came out. And yeah, our so new friends. Hello
0: to yeah, new listeners. Uh, we gave out a, a, a bunch of podcast cards over the last like two weeks. So
1: yeah, I hope you guys are checking us out. I was the one dressed like Ariel or um, Black Widow, depending on which day you came.
0: I was the one
1: wearing the the balls t shirt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or the Doctor Who. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Star Doctor Trek? Who the first day feast, Tiger the second
0: day. I had the Star Trek shirt on in jersey. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I didn't really dress up.
1: Yeah, Maybe you I'll surprise you and dress, dress dressed dress up one
0: up. day. Yeah. will oh, As
1: long as you don't next... dress like Pennywise the Clown. Yeah Then you'll scare the crap out
0: no. of me. No. Nope. Speaking Which, of bad guys. You can be
1: on this list, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the movie's not about him. It. It's about the kids. Anyway, we're here to talk about bad guys.
1: Bad guys! So the
0: premise here, that I, I got the idea for this podcast because there's been so much um, attention lately given to Venom. And how uh, Sony is making a, an R-rated Venom movie.
1: And I can't stop watching Deadpool because it's on on demand, so whenever I don't know what to watch at night, I've basically been watching Deadpool.
0: And you even own it, too. and but, but it's right there at the... F- couple buttons. I know. Right?
1: I think part of the reason, too, is I watched it with my dad, and he loved it, too, so it just spurred me on to, like, <laughs> love
0: it even more. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> the, what's going on now is that Sony Sony is creating, I guess, like, their own kind of, like, Marvel universe.
1: Well, they're going to try They're going to, to
0: try to. And, um, we're, like, uh, we're not really into this idea.
1: No. Hopefully they don't get hacked again. First of all.
0: Nah. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Legal-ies, legal. Um, yeah. Legal
1: things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Sony's trying to create this, uh, this you know, universe, and they started with an R-rated movie. Now we kind of predicted this behavior back in October, because right. we we said you know we're going to see the rise of R-rated superhero movies, and that's right. a whole other. Podcast and Venom wasn't even mentioned in that
1: because no, we were we talking didn't about know heroes this happening. Yeah, yes,
0: we were talking about heroes. We weren't, yeah. we weren't thinking of a movie about villains. Now, right. to me, Venom doesn't have any redeeming qualities enough to make him have his own movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know that much about Venom except that he was in Spider Man Three, which was a god awful movie. Sorry, Tobey Maguire, but it really sucked. Um, I liked the first two; that was horrible, and Venom just annoyed the crap out of me. So. I'm first of all not amped about this because of that. But second of all, yeah, like, I feel like if you're going to be the main character of a movie and you're a bad guy, like, you have to be multifaceted and you have to have an interesting backstory and you have to not be all bad. Right. Some redeeming characteristics. Right. Right. I hear you. Or some reason why you are the way that you are that's, like, explored in the movie. Ah, uh huh. But I don't know enough about Venom to, like,. Well, you know what the symbiote suit,
0: the effect it can have on a human. You know, based upon...
1: What happened to Tover Grace.
0: Yeah. yeah. Guy Liner. Lots and lots of Guy and Liner.
1: Mascara. <laughs> yeah.
0: What about a song and dance number?
1: And ju- Yeah, like singing, dancing, being a douche. I don't know. Those are not good characteristics that make me want to, like, really learn more about who you are as a person. Those are the kind of things that if I meet you in a bar, like, I will run screaming.
0: <laughs> the opposite I- direction. I don't
1: want to know anymore. So- I know enough.
0: Comparing to the late, you know... Uh, we have not seen Logan yet. We
1: plan to. Yes, I'm so excited we to see have Logan. been... I heard it was really good, but I heard it's, like, sad because it's, like, the last time yeah. that you're going to see JLP as...
0: As Professor as X. Professor X. X. Yeah. I realize this more than is likely, JLP. More than likely the last time Hugh Jackman... Is going to be Wolverine.
1: So... Especially because he keeps getting cancer again.
0: Yeah, well, he's sad. beat it every single time. Thank more power God. to him. More,
1: thank God, but...
0: So, um... Yeah, we've had cons and we've been just super busy in the prison dad camp that we, we haven't been able to actually get out to see Logan yet, but yeah. we will. So, now we're dealing with, you know, in the current history, like, Logan did fairly well. Deadpool, obviously, is, like, the highest grossing R-rated movie of, like, all time. Everyone mm-hmm. wants a piece of the pie. So, you need passion, this was yeah, one thing you said. I, think, I don't want to steal your thunder.
1: No, yeah, I mean, so, like, the, I feel like the reason that Deadpool did so well is because of Ryan Reynolds. Like, I feel like from the time that he got to portray him in the in the Wolverine origin story, um, he like he really wanted to bring that character to life in the full way that Deadpool is a character in the comic. And so this was a passion project for him. He was trying to get it made for years. He was involved in producing it and and you know pulling the the people together that acted in it and and writing it. He, he did paid the writers to be on set. Yeah, like he did tons of advertising like, of his own volition and, you know, worked on every aspect of the film because he was so passionate about Deadpool as a character and bringing that to fruition, if you don't have somebody helming a movie that's that passionate about a character and, and the the different facets and, and layers of that character, like, you're not going to recreate Deadpool. You can't recreate that passion just because you throw a lot of money at it. Right, and You I, can't
0: create art by just throwing money at it.
1: Right, and you and and you know creativity takes time and and thought and and bravery and vulnerability and that you can't just get that overnight. I mean, you know Ryan Reynolds really wanted to understand Deadpool and bring him to life and and be vulnerable and and make jokes kind of at his own expense even a lot of times. Like Deadpool's so funny because he's vulnerable, he's broken. Um, and and Ryan Reynolds is making fun of himself being like the sexiest man alive against Hugh Jackman, who is also the sexiest man alive. Like, there's a lot of vulnerability and layers to that performance. Don't make the can. suit green
0: and animated. Yeah,
1: like totally. He and, and he has like the Deadpool, like the figure from the from the Wolverine's origin movie, where he's like, you know, life can always get worse, and he shows that. And it's like, yeah, there was a there was a lot in there that was very open and like. Hey, take a shot at me, but this is who Deadpool is. I wanted you to see him. That you, you can't just recreate just because you say we'll give it an R rating, and you know. Yeah. I mean, like, ugh, that one Punisher movie that was so horrible. <laughs> Warzone. Sure, that was rated R, but like, ugh, <laughs> what a piece of garbage.
0: I think both the Punisher movies were rated R. The to first honest, one yeah. with
1: Thomas Jane was good. That was, like, a really cool precursor to Jessica Jones, and I'll get behind that movie. But, like, I think there was vulnerability there, too. Like,
0: That's what makes a good hero. Venom isn't a hero.
1: Venom's not a hero, and that's the thing, too. Like, I don't know that Deadpool is not a hero. I think he's a reluctant hero. Mm -hmm. I think that he's actually, like, a really good guy. He just doesn't want to put himself out there to be like, I'm here to save the world, he does in his own like little ways. Like mm-hmm. He loves the people that he loves, and he's loyal to his friends, and like he's not an evil, selfish person. Yeah. And I, I don't know that enough about Venom to, to say that he is redeemable in any of those ways.
0: He's not.
1: But that's not to say you can't make a good movie about someone that's kind of irredeemably bad.
0: And we will get to that point yeah. later on. We have a list of those those kind of movies about right. people who are irredeemably that bad. But let's let's shift gears a little bit here and let's talk about Star Wars, cause we never do that on this show. I know. Um so when oh you know, I thought of an interesting observation I made today. Whenever there's Marvel movies, we never we never we like we rarely say they're Disney movies. Right. We always say they're Marvel movies. But with the Star Wars acquisition, we always see Disney now. Yeah. Disney's gonna do this, Disney's gonna do that. It's so weird because Rogue One was a very anti-Disney movie. You know, there was a lot of like,
1: well, there's you know, a, there was darkness and, and war darkness. And, But I think Disney has had that in different
0: yes. iterations of I their agree. films.
1: There's you know.
0: So um, when the, it first got bought up, it was announced that there was going to be a young Boba Fett movie, and so we're all pretty amped. We're like, oh, that could be cool because it would be like the young Han Solo movie. And then the young Boba Fett movie was scrapped. My theory that the real reason it was scrapped was because Disney doesn't want to make a movie about a bad guy. And same thing with why we won't ever see a Darth Vader movie that takes between takes place between 3 and Rogue One.
1: And my theory is that I don't really care about Boba Fett. Yeah. I didn't think he was that interesting. I think he has a cool costume. I think I got enough of his backstory seeing that god awful mess of episode 2 the one time I saw it. Um, <laughs> you really and, only seen that movie once. Yeah, I can't get through it. I can't the Geonosians. I can't.
0: It it really I is the can't. worst one of those
1: prequels. And it really uh, is. I, and um, you know, Darth Vader. Look, they had their chance, but Anakin in episodes one, two, and three was like horrible. I just can't. I, would, I think it's interesting to find out like what happened to Vader after his children were born, up until like he meets Luke. Because that's a good 18 years, at least, we've theorized. I don't know exactly how old Luke's supposed to be, but I'm guessing 18, 19.
0: Our guess was always that Luke was two... His friends already went off the Academy, so we make, that makes Luke 18 or 19. But right. growing up, I thought Luke was much younger. But it wasn't until I actually thought about that line about going to the Academy... Which made me realize that he is
1: actually older than I always thought he was. Would have finished space high school, if you will. Nah. Uh, it was kind of fun to see Darth Vader in Rogue One because he, that is like sort of that in between phase type time. But um, but no, I I don't know. I think they got scrapped because there's not enough interest there.
0: I I th- I think there's interest in in a I'm interested in a Darth Vader movie where he goes out and hunts some rebels, but at the same time. Star Wars is all about rooting for the Rebels, which is why the prequels didn't work.
1: But I want to see what happens with Kylo Ren. I'm more interested in in, in him at this point.
0: Like, I have a feeling that like, next season he? will be the last season of Rebels, and then there'll be a, a new Star Wars animated series, and I think it's going to be a, a, a like Luke Skywalker's Jedi Academy kind of
1: yeah, story. I want to know about that. I feel like I know enough about Anakin they could have done a better job with his backstory. Cause I always wanted him to be like awesome. Like I wanted it to be like Macbeth, like just heartbreaking that it was like this guy who was ambitious and hopeful, but just got turned the wrong way and didn't have enough faith in his own abilities to like overcome, you know, how people made him doubt himself. Um, I, I was hoping for like real Shakespearean drama there. And instead it was like some whiny a-hole that choked his wife
0: yeah it wasn't I... even the fact that the writing was <laughs> god awful. it was the acting
1: it was the acting it was just the story like the like it still is not resonant enough to me like why he turned like he just came off as like a whiny pain in the butt that like made up excuses for like being evil and i I was hoping for more
0: right so our our books really revolve around anti-hero. Oh, for sure. Les doesn't have many redeeming qualities. He mooches off his friends.
1: He but they love him. Goes to jail. Lives uh-huh. with his mom. He has commits a bunch the of kids. dumbest crimes. He really does. He falls into
0: these extravagant sci-fi scenarios that like we would dream to be in.
1: Like he treats women kind of crappy, except for Sarah. Ah, you know he doesn't really treat women that bad. Well, he's not a good dad. He's not like a good boyfriend, like.
0: Less gum isn't the kind of man you date. No, <laughs> he's good for one night and one night only. But
1: I love Less. I really do because I love that he has like this Zen quality to himself. Like it doesn't matter what situation he's in, like he's always gonna try to like just deal with it and just go with the flow. And he really does love his friends, and he really doesn't mean to be evil to anyone. He's just selfish. He's like extremely, extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. He's a millennial. And, and, yeah, not, like, motivated to, to do anything that he doesn't absolutely have to do. Right. I hear you. So, but I, I mean, but he makes me laugh. And I think there's, like, a sweetness to him and, and like, a hopefulness and a kindness Putting to
0: him. Putting the anti-hero in the situations that we have him in. Getting kidnapped by a, a woman who's uh, obsessed with the Titanic or swapping bodies with uh, someone who actually has to go to work for a day, or, you know, like, competing against his friends in a silly craft contest while other friends are out hunting Bigfoot, you know? Like, these are, these are hysterical situations that are, like, perfect for the antihero.
1: Yeah, and I just, I love watching Les, like, deal with pressure situations because unless there's clowns involved he really just keeps his cool he does and he's like able to just keep moving forward and like getting his friends like to safety and looking out for them yeah you know so it's it's fun i mean i I think it's fun to write less because he's not essentially evil no like i don't i don't feel like he purposefully far more
0: evils in the prison dad.
1: Yeah, the like lesser McCready verse. Yeah, and Ginger, Ginger and like Fraxler and Fraxler. Mm-hmm. Less's dad is is not a nice man, but I don't think Less is essentially evil. He's just selfish and lazy. He could be he could be a better man. Nah, but um, <laughs> and like your mom says, something bad. Something is what, bad is what he's What would Less do? Always up something to something
0: bad. <laughs> Thanks, mom. So let's say. You know, a year or two from now, the Venom movie comes out, and it's a hit. It's dark, and it's creepy, and it's mysterious, and people really get interested. You know, uh, what's next? So we, we're we going to give you a breakdown of five um, possibilities, and we're just going to go through each one of, like, what, like a young... Or what, like a villain movie, might be.
1: Yeah. So, and unfortunately, we're never going to make any money off of our suppositions because we don't have ownership over any of these license rights. But damn, will we be pissed if they make movies just because we recommended them?
0: That's exactly right. So let, let's talk about like a, a young, um, a young Voldemort movie.
1: So I think this could be interesting in a lot of ways because I've really enjoyed the, the parts of the Harry Potter movies and books where they talked about, you know, what Voldemort's life experiences were like and who his family was. Um, you know, in The Half-Blood Prince, they show him, you know, as, as a young teenager, right? And, and also in um, Chamber of Secrets, they show him as an older teenager, Tom Riddle. Um, you get to see him as sort of like a very young child when Dumbledore first finds him. Um, and then you get to see him as an adult and, and, you know, when he's sort of brought back as an amalgamation of, of a snake and, and what was left of, you know, his broken soul. Um, so I would, I would be interested to, to see a movie about Voldemort sort of, Tying together his whole storyline. Um, because I think he's really a tragic character, you know. He's, he's a little bit like Hitler, you know, that he was he was what he hated in a lot of ways. And, you know, uh he never got what he had what he had hoped to achieve, and he was extremely lonely. And um it would be a hard movie to watch because mm-hmm. you'd want the redeeming characters, you'd want Harry back. Um, but it would be fascinating to sort of see, like, a character, um, story about just his life.
0: Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see a a young Voldemort movie, because there is material. You have an ending. You have... What I want to see is, I want to see, like, you know, the the, the dark times. I want to see all the bad stuff that was going on. I want to see what the Order of the Phoenix were doing to stop it during that time. We have the characters. You make them younger. You know, um... It was what, like probably yeah, like eighteen years before Harry, right? Is Harry turned eighteen during?
1: Yeah, I think so. His last year of high school. Yeah, so. So you know, you have you have his whole life where his mother, where his mom Mero be, and she was she used that love spell to yeah. like trick the rich guy to be with her, but. Like she was a hot mess, and his yeah. grandpa was a hot mess, yeah. and like just like how they was never his explored life? That was all that stuff in Half Blood so Prince. Lonely. They never
0: went through any of that stuff in the movie. Yeah. Like you have a whole Voldemort movie right there. I think if Venom ends up working, Warner Brothers has a case here to make a, a Voldemort movie based upon what we what was cut out of Half Blood Prince alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. If they could get J K behind it, I don't know. You know, I think she's really focused on. um... The um
0: fantastic Fantastic Beasts.
1: Beast, which is so awesome. I watched it again last night, and I just it's such a beautiful, like fun, wonderful movie. There's so many great characters in her world. I
0: can't wait to watch again to now explore. that I know that that's Hutch from Fanboys.
1: I know. When I was watching it last night, I kept looking at him and I was like, "Oh my god, it is him!" But like he was unrecognizable to me because he's because he's like a grown-up now.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, now that I know that I. I uh, yeah. You no, know,
1: he, he really melded into that character in a way that the guy that played Booger from Revenge of the Nerds did not <laughs> meld into his character on Supernatural because he was very clearly still Booger. Um <laughs> anyway, it's sad it's sad that I know these things probably, but <laughs> I don't really know that many people that watch as much T V and film as, as I do. <laughs> you
0: can't just say nerds without mentioning anything. Sorry. Right. so but, you know, relating this all back to Venom again. So we have Venom, and we got um, if there's a Venom movie, it'd be awesome if we could follow. But like a Carnage movie. So Carnage is uh, basically the the son of the alien symbiote that that is Venom's suit. Uh, but Carnage is one with his suit, as opposed to like Venom. And Eddie are take
1: it off at night. <laughs>
0: yeah, Carnage doesn't take it off at night. Oh my! Venom does, you know. So uh, Carnage is, I think, way more evil than Venom. And maybe, maybe Venom—that'd be the whole point. You know, maybe Venom would have to redeem himself to stop Carnage. But I, I, I wouldn't really like that though. What was cool about Carnage is Carnage came out at the time where I was really big into comics in the early 90s. So it was kind of cool like I saw like Carnage like like come out like start off. So like like the introduction of a character uh that we've never seen in any movie any live action movie for that for that matter. So um Carnage has even less redeeming qualities than Venom. He is just straight up Voldemort style evil. Where a Voldemort movie would Give you backstory, you know, give you more um, you know, to learn about his uprising and how, how terrible his life was. Carnage, he was a serial killer, and then he got infected with the alien symbiote, and now he's even more evil than before.
1: Evil!
0: So, not into that. Alright, now, at the time the X-Men Origins Wolverine came out, there was also discussion about doing a young Magneto movie. I think there's a story here
1: yeah for sure. I really loved what Fassbender did with the character in um some of the more recent movies, but also um Ian McClellan really like made him a dynamic, interesting character and i think I think Magneto has a really fascinating story because he's sort of you know, he escaped the Nazis, but his family didn't. Right. And then, you know, he goes on to have a family of his own that again gets destroyed. So there's a lot of pain there. Yeah. And then there's a lot of, like, self-hatred because he doesn't really understand his own powers and and how he should relate to other people when he has these tremendous powers.
0: Magneto really Um, feels like everybody that doesn't have powers are the problem, and the people with powers are the solution
1: right but only because he was made to feel powerless as a child and as a young man so you can you can see where it comes from and i and i always love the backstory when they show like what happened to magneto to sort of get him to where he is cuz again i don't think in his soul he's an evil man he he wants you know the best things for the people that he loves but um, he can disregard a lot of other people's needs to focus on those things, and I think that's where his big failing is. And we
0: have seen that in X Two,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and obviously in Days of Future Past too. Him, you know, they're working together, but there's nobody else left. You know, really, in in that situation. You yeah. Know? Um. I I really feel like the first X Men movie was the one that captured Magneto the best. Where he was just like, I'm going to turn everybody into mutants. Yeah. Yeah, like that, and that that was his that was his whole that was the whole premise of the first one, you know, where the third one was his whole thing was like, let's stop the cure
1: because there's yeah. nothing wrong
0: with us, right? We don't exactly. Need a cure. Right. And
1: but I think that you know his points are valid, so it's kind of like I, I don't find fault with his thoughts. It's just the fact that he gets to the point where he wants to exclude people that aren't like him. Anytime you get like that. You know, that that was Voldemort's feeling, too, that everybody has to be exactly the way that, that you want them to be, otherwise they're not worthy. That That is untenable, um, and Mud, it, that's mudland, an evil yeah. way to sort of, like, have a worldview, but, but the idea of allowing mutants to survive and flourish is not inherently evil. You know, it's just the spin that he puts on it, so it would be interesting to sort of see, like that in, in one movie where you sort of see his arc and and why he ends up being the way that he is. I think you get a lot of that backstory in the existing movies, but I'd be interested to see, you know, a movie just about him.
0: Yeah. I don't know why it was ever scrapped. I knew, like, they, they were going to do Wolverine movie and they were going to do Magneto movie and then they did a Wolverine movie and then they did First Class, which Fastbender was still in his 30s. Yeah. You know, like... There, there is there's a good twenty years I'd say between the events of where we see uh, Magneto having to deal with um, Kevin Bacon yeah. to the time that he hooks up with uh, Professor X.
1: And I saw him play Macbeth in the movie adaptation they did of the Shakespeare play, and he was phenomenal in that. So he can play, he can play like a tortured soul who gets broken. Um, he could. Bass Bender? Yeah.
0: No, I want younger, even younger. Yeah, but I that's want great like too. a teenage, I mean, yeah, like
1: like a teenage Magneto. You know, I just I, I want like, to sort of see him escape his whole life, you know.
0: Yeah, I want to see him get. Uh, you know, we see him like get away from Kevin Bacon, but we want to see like where, where does he go next? Like, what's next after that? Like,
1: yeah,
0: until he meets up again. You know, later on, like that. That's that's the arc I want to see.
1: Yeah, he like has the, such an interesting life, and there's
0: like a chunk of first classic right there, like like taken out. You know like that that's the chunk i want to see
1: yeah he had he had a, he has a really interesting tragic sort of life, and I think he's redeemable, yeah at the end of the day because of his friendship with um with professor X yeah like keeps him human right
0: okay um oh buffy, uh what about a movie about Spike?
1: so spike was one of my favorite characters on buffy um mostly because he's so broken um, and i love james marston's portrayal of him um i always had such empathy for spike because like he wanted to be angel but he wasn't good enough as a person and he kind of knew that like it like he was he wasn't a, a good guy like he was definitely way more evil than Angel, but he became evil because of Angel, because Angel screwed him over, and I'm sorry, it's not James Morrison, it's, um, Marsters, that's it, James Marsters, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. James Marsters, he did a really awesome job of portraying Spike, and I read an article uh, where he was interviewed recently, and he was just talking about, like, how fascinating it was for him to play Spike, and how much he loved it, um... But, you know, he had to do some really painful scenes. There's a scene where he essentially attempts to rape Buffy. That's really pretty evil and, you know, to portray that was p- very painful for the actor, for James as well. Um, but it it was something that that Spike could conceivably do because he was a bad guy, but, you know, how did he become that bad guy? And And again, I think he did have some redeemable qualities. I think he really did love Buffy in his own twisted way, and I think Um, you know, if, if he had had a slightly different life, if he had had more hope, like maybe he wouldn't have been that person that ended up antagonizing her more than, you know, being her ally and protecting her. Um, but I, I love Spike. I always felt like he was going to end up being good at the end. Um, and, and sometimes he was, but a lot of times, you know, he failed himself. And, and I think that's kind of fascinating. I mean, there, there's so much good writing And Buffy. Like, just so much good writing and so much thought that went into that whole series. Um, It's very human.
0: You know, the problem with looking at a Spike movie and a Magneto movie compared to a Voldemort and a Carnage movie is that Voldemort and Carnage have no redeeming characteristics. In my opinion, neither does Venom. Which is what makes this movie so difficult in the first place to talk about. Where... You know, Logan is is a good guy, and they gave it an R rating just because Deadpool had an R rating. They just, some gruesome deaths. Yeah. Language, probably. Where Deadpool was R rated for, like, hard R. For nudity, for violence, for International Women's Day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, though? Like, it's just so silly the way that, that we rate movies and and content because i've seen far more violent things than deadpool and it's
0: cutting like his the, own hand off
1: yeah but i mean but it's all fun and it's funny it's yes, not- yes,
0: yes, it's fun and silly but every time i turn on my amazon app on my roku and lo- my son goes mr pool mr pool i gotta skip over that one really quick and get to star wars or uh i don't know what does he watch on amazon Stinky and dirty.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's just interesting to me from, like, an American perspective, the things that we take issue with as being, like, controversial or dangerous for young people to watch, as opposed to, like,
0: you know. I I don't want my three-year-old watching Deadpool. It's an amazing movie.
1: That's fine, and that's up to you to make that decision. I just, I think (laughs) there's a lot more violence in video games and in other things that kids have access to that isn't rated R. You know.
0: Okay. Agree to disagree. The last one uh, on our, our hypothetical list of... Come on, give us a couple bucks if you're listening to this and then you <laughs> to go ahead and decide to make your You know your you're not going to. Uh, is, uh, is Loki.
1: Yeah. Brother of Thor. Outside of his super fancy hats and the fact that he dated Taylor Swift... JK, no he really did, but um, I really like Tom Hiddleston's portrayal of Loki, and I think um, I'd like to see more of that, but I'd also like to kind of know what it was like for those two as kids, because there's so much tension in their relationship.
0: What was it like when there wasn't tension between Thor and Loki?
1: And was there ever not, because Loki's kind of adopted, right? So how, you know, how did that happen? But you didn't ever know that happen? until yeah. much later. How did they relate to each other as kids? How did their parents treat them? How did they see each other growing up? Um, You know, how did that contribute to who Loki becomes? Um, That he he just really still feels to me like he's an outcast. And he's trying to prove himself to somebody. I think he wants to be appreciated and loved and I, I don't think it's a failing of their father because he really did seem to care about both boys equally or, and their mother even though she's in it for a very short period of time in the movies um yeah
0: she's they really didn't give her
1: a whole lot in the, before in she, gets yeah. she gets off. she gets to too yeah yeah but um Spoiler but it, I think <laughs> I think it would be interesting to sort of see I mean it's such a tense and interesting and volatile sibling relationship um it would be really interesting to see the genesis of that. So, I, I would get behind a little Thor and Loki.
0: Little, little Thor and Loki? Yeah. That's
1: cool. Kind of like Cain and Abel. Like, see what happened with those dudes, too. Alright,
0: so let's um, let's check our time constraints here. We're at half the halfway mark. We are just going to go... What do you want to just, like, blow through this list... Char- and, um, we're going to talk about movies where the bad guy was the... Lead character. Was the lead character. Mm-hmm. Were, were they redeemable or not? Um, and you know what's weird is the first couple on here are actually kids' movies, and then it, it goes on from there. Uh, right, so, Despicable Me.
1: I love this movie.
0: Obviously redeemable. So
1: cute, yeah.
0: Um, but you know what, we have a movie where it is the villain, is the main character, and in the beginning, obviously, um... You know the the villain is is the bad guy, and an even bigger villain comes along and and makes uh, tries him change. to yeah, makes him change like tries to steal the spotlight
1: yeah,
0: and in the end he does he does what's right
1: he does I think it's aquel
0: for two sequels where he's a good guy
1: yeah, he's a daddy and dresses up like a princess for their parties, which mm. is so cute oh so totally redeemable.
0: so yeah, despicable Me, groot no, not groot grew
1: Gru, yeah grew
0: is very redeemable He's a
1: cranky sassy set in his ways man that changes who he is and becomes pretty much a good guy mm-hmm. not a perfect good guy but a good guy
0: right so i bet you there was some pushback in universal when that was coming out be like all right we have this pitch it's about a super villain cartoon and there's, like, five execs, like, sitting there. It was, what, ten years ago? Sitting there on their Blackberries like, goofing off, you know? Probably. It's funny to make BlackBerry jokes.
1: I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Alright, alright. So, next up is uh, Monsters, Inc.
1: It's a pretty cute movie.
0: So, Monsters, Inc., the object here is to scare children to gain power to run Monster City.
1: Monster City! Yeah. I'm going to move there already. Yeah, So I like Jack
0: like Skellington. Fuzzy, warm monsters are just walking monsters! around, scaring kids all the time. Pretty much. Um, obviously redeemable because they—they're
1: really sweet.
0: Well, they—they they see the Steve, the Steve Buscemi monster, you know. They—they they realize that you know what's going on is you know there's some shady stuff going on in Monster City, at yeah. the at the Scream Factory.
1: Mmm, Scream
0: Factory. Scream Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun place. Sounds like your new TV show. I know. And Friday nights on Sci-Fi, it's Scream Factory with Kristen Kist. Ah! Yeah! Pretty much. Megamind.
1: I like Megamind. Megamind it's was... Will Ferrell, silly. so how could you not like him? It's Will
0: Ferrell and was it Brad Pitt?
1: Brad was Pitt, good guy? and, yeah. um... Uh, I only saw always one. Everybody says that she looks like me from Saturday Night Live. Who? Or I look like her. Um... And see her face she was on 30 rock
0: tina fey tina fey you look like tina fey
1: i've been told that
0: she's got like curly hair
1: mm, not really she mm-hmm. has brown hair and glasses a lot of people are pretty simple in their you know comparisons <laughs>
0: listen as a man who's been shaving his head for oh i don't know 17 years now i get it a lot you know who you look like insert random bald actor I mean people told me I look like Vin Diesel. <laughs> I don't look anything like Vin Diesel. But because we're both bald, all bald people look alike. <laughs> Must be the beer belly. Jeffrey. Mega Mind is a very cute movie where um the villain has to become the the good guy. The good guy. Once again redeemable because, this time.
1: Yeah, because the hero is kind of a douche. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love Megamind. It's really fun and silly. It's a really cute movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Stepping away from sci-fi for a couple of these here. Um, Thank You for Smoking was a great uh, indie movie where the the bad guy, the lo- the tobacco lobbyists, have to sell basically sell cigarettes to kids to keep the business floating. Um, though there might the, the main character may go through some redeemable changes throughout the movie, not redeemable at all. Um, downright evil. I would totally watch it again. I have it. Yeah. Um, not sci-fi, but, but the bad guy.
1: Villains. Tobacco is bad. For sure. Yeah. I know. Right? Um, I don't have anything
0: to do with that anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Pound it. Pound it. Boom. All right. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street was a more newer one. Also not sci-fi, but.
1: But featured a jerkwad as the main character.
0: Yeah. Really just. Yeah.
1: I think not redeemable.
0: Not um, redeemable. No. No.
1: But I think a lot of people liked this movie because it was so excessive. Like, it was kind of fascinating to see someone, like, live through that, like, 80s lifestyle. Yeah. That no one, like, you could, most people could never touch. But, no. like, someone that could get that messed up every single day of their life and still make, like, millions of dollars. It's kind of fascinating to the normal working class people that have to...
0: The whole thing on the plane day. where he was like strapped to the seat on the plane and he yeah. woke up and he had absolutely no like, idea what hammered. happened to him. Like
1: they were so drugged out of their minds like every single day, even when they were supposed to be going to work, they were like doing Valium and Coke and like God knows what.
0: Yeah, all the Please. quaaludes and the alcohol.
1: Yeah, I mean it was kind of fascinating in an evil way to sort of see like that yeah, they're taking your money and that. they're
0: just living the, their lives are just completely insane
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Meanwhile, now, like you know, I'm over here like thinking going to Applebee's is an extravagance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we went out to dinner last night. Yeah, it was like thirty dollars. I'm all, I'm still like like itching like why did I spend thirty dollars on dinner? Could have came home and eaten dinner for three bucks.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so most gangster movies, the bad guys are, you know, the are, main characters. You, know, readable, you know, the Godfather, the, Michael wasn't inherently evil in the beginning, No, but the situation turned him evil. Yeah.
1: He and in two, got, he goes really bad. They sucked him back in. <laughs>
0: I'm not talking yeah, about three. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: But no, yeah. I mean, Michael didn't want to have anything to do with that lifestyle. No, he was in the army. Yeah. Ended up. In any anyway and and even his dad, like, I mean, I, I think, like, Vito, when he was little, wasn't a bad person. He came to America with a lot of hope and, you know, wanted to create a good life for himself. Well, Vito he saved, nothing, he and, and,
0: saved the neighborhood. Yeah. But,
1: but in also, doing
0: so, those businesses did actually need straight-up protection anyway, and he became, he kind of, you know, became the thing he hated. Yeah, along exactly. Along.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's a fascinating sort of portrayal of that, and and even like Tony Soprano. Like I just, I love The Sopranos, even though at the end it got a little weird. Like Tony was after so after three, it got weird. Four, Tony uh, four was so okay. interesting and like heartbreaking because like sometimes he'd be so angry and violent, and but he was also so sad and like so alone in like that position that he operated in, like controlling.
0: Just it's because like livelihood. no one ever like gave him a hug. No one ever said, like, good job, Tony. He
1: couldn't tell anybody the whole truth of himself. Mm -hmm. Everybody only got pieces of him because he couldn't even deal with, like, who he really was in every facet of his life. He was a father and a husband, but he was also an adulterer and a murderer and, you know, a swindler and all manner of things. A thief and, you know. My
0: my favorite episode of The Sopranos is the one where he... Uh, is taking Meadow to those colleges and he like goes and like he sees that like that snitch guy and he like strangles him like in the middle of the trailer park like
1: yeah like nobody knew all of Tony except the audience Mm -hmm. you know what I mean which which I really loved about that show because like it's so heartbreaking like how many people like live that life you know where they can't ever really be all of who they are right with the people that they love so you say
0: Tony Soprano redeemable
1: yeah, I do. I I do. I, I
0: say at the end I of the day, timing. when it comes down to it, Tony Soprano not redeemable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, casino not redeemable. Mm-mm. Goodfellas. Let's face it; they're playing the same characters. Not jerks. redeemable. Jerks. Yeah. Jerks. Yep. Eighties. Yeah. Everything went up the nose. Yeah. Uh, Tudors.
1: Yeah, so I love the tutors on Showtime. And if you can watch this, I don't know where it's available anymore. I know it's on DVD, but I don't know if you can still get it on, on demand. On Okay. Um, it really was a really awesome, awesome show. I was like absolutely obsessed with it when it was on. Um, Jonathan Rice Myers played um, Henry VIII. And it was basically just a portrait of his life, um, which he always fascinated me from the time that I was like studying European history in high school, um, you know, and even when I heard the silly song when I was a little kid about Henry the Eighth. Um, but but he's a really tragic, interesting character, and he's so selfish and so self-absorbed, but he was a product of his times because the kings at that point were considered to be ordained by God. So they had this whole idea that like anything that they did was blessed by God and it made them do evil things that they thought they absolutely had the right to do because they were chosen as the king. Um, I'm on the fence about whether Henry the Eighth is, is irredeemable. There were parts of him that I think were, had the possibility of being a good man, but he just was so selfish and so, like, twisted in his own, like, self-righteousness that didn't come from a good place. Um, He just did really horrible things to pretty much everybody that he loved. So, but it's a fascinating show, and I can't recommend it more highly. I was obsessed. I just wanted to see, like, what he was going to do next and how he would, like, justify it to himself. Um, Really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's redeemable because the whole. Anytime you think you're godlike to me, that's really, you know, like Loki, you know, like that. That's really, it's really, you know, when 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 it goes down. All right, so Clockwork Orange is the next movie on our list here. Um, not redeemable. Nope. Because you even went through the rehab and psychological. F- nope.
1: No, he was nope. still evil.
0: Yeah, he, still evil. Yeah. Evil is he's evil. Get the
1: crap out of that lady with her penis statue like yeah. man dude evil calm down yeah drank a lot of milk mm-hmm. but didn't didn't make him Fight make his milk. body good
0: yeah alright Uh, falling down
1: mm, I think redeemable totally he, redeemable he was just broken by like the, the world system. that he lived in and by the system the government yeah I don't think he wanted to be a bad man I, I think he just found himself in a position where he had no nothing to hope
0: for yeah I agree Usual suspects.
1: Not Not redeemable. redeemable.
0: Let's just move on. He
1: was so twisted.
0: (laughs) American psycho.
1: Not redeemable. Even though, the thing is, like, none of that stuff ever happened. It was all in his head. Completely redeemable. alert. But, no, Patrick Bateman is a douche nozzle. But he didn't actually
0: do the things, though.
1: But he wanted to, and he didn't care if he did. He was a douche nozzle.
0: We all have that weird dream sometime where we, you know,
1: murder people.
0: I don't really have stab dreams like hookers.
1: that. No, I don't have dreams like that. If I had dreams like that, I would wake up in like a cold sweat. I don't want to hurt people, and I don't think it would be funny. And I wouldn't listen to Phil Collins while I killed people. But no,
0: it's not Phil Collins, isn't it? Um, Huey Lewis in the news.
1: He listened to that. Then
0: sports came out. Yeah.
1: Well, because no, because the part party was listening. To, I I can hear it. Yeah, I in there think you're right. My... Yeah,
0: I haven't seen that in a while, and I never <laughs> saw America's Psycho. <Secret>, <laughs> oh
1: my god, that movie is a piece of crap. But even <laughs> Why though could William you even Shatner's do it? in it, Shatner's in it, Shatner did it. Who's the Who's the Mila Kunis? That's right. Is the psycho? No, it's just garbage writing, and it's garbage movie. I wouldn't know. The first one was at least interesting, but did you ever read the book? Evil. No, but I have read other books by um Brett Easton Ellis. I was right. Yes, English major. Um, I've read other books by Brett Easton Ellis, and he's a really good writer. I mean, but he really cap captures that whole like evil eighties jerk jerk mindset.
0: Yeah. Alright, um so Fight Club. I I think Redeemable.
1: Redeemable.
0: Yeah. Um, All right.
1: Jack's smirking sense of
0: accomplishment. <laughs> um Mary-, I, yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein?
1: Totally redeemable. Totally um, redeemable. I I love this portrayal by Robert De Niro, especially because if you've read the book, like Frankenstein's always portrayed as a monster, but actually like he's one of the most tragic characters ever in literature. Um he's created out of the parts of dead people to fulfill his creator's hope that he can continue life after death because he lost his mother. And he's rejected from the time of his creation uh, all the way through his life. And it, that's heartbreaking. And he actually has a soul and a conscience. And he wants to be good, but he doesn't know how to. And he is completely rejected from all of humanity. So, oh yeah, so they do not
0: like the Frankenstein. And not like that garbage movie with Daniel Wycliffe where they make
1: yeah, I don't know Frankenstein out to be
0: a... <laughs> <laughs> like a superhero with like superhuman strength and no, speed.
1: Oh, Daniel Radcliffe is such a much better actor than that. And so is the other guy that was in that movie, like that plays yeah. that plays um Doctor or er, Professor X. But I don't know what happened with that movie. Boy. Yeah, that, I don't know what happened with that movie. But I, if you're gonna watch a movie about Frankenstein, I would say watch Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro. All or right. the one that the Hallmark Channel did, the head of William Hurt in it. That was really good, too. i never
0: heard of that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Walter White from Breaking Bad is our next mm. redeemable, not redeemable character.
1: Not redeemable, but I love him so much. And he knew he was evil. I I love Walter White so much. But.
0: Walter is not redeemable, but he did the best he could at the end to work toward redeeming himself.
1: Yeah, I'll give him that. And I love him anyway, even though he was, he knew. I mean, when he, like, admitted to his wife, like, yeah, okay, I, I never really did this for you, I did it for me. Like, then I was like, okay, at least he's, like, on the level. But he knows how evil he is. Like, but I, I still love him. I, lo- I love him, and I understood what he did. Even when I was like, "Oh, please don't do that! Please don't do it, Walter."
0: There was a lot of why he did there it. There's a lot of moments like that in Breaking Bad where you're like, "Oh, come on! Don't know." But Breaking Bad's biggest message to me was, you know, the lies upon lies upon lies. And just, you know, you just don't know who you, you know, you don't know what the truth is anymore after a while.
1: Uh, To me, it was just the desperation of being in that situation. Like, he'd lived his life and been a good man, and then he got cancer and had no money to handle, like, his health care bills. And he had a family that he wanted to take care of and support. And there was a part of him always that, you know, was kind of a dick. And that part took over when his life was threatened. and. And took over his whole life and blew it up into something that it probably never would have been if he hadn't gotten sick and had no way out. Right. Really? You know? I mean, desperation pushes people to be people that they never would have thought they could be or wanted to be.
0: I hear you. Um, I hear you. So you almost sound like Walter White's more redeemable. I still say he did too many bad things,
1: no, he did he did i'm not I don't know that he's redeemable. I think he was pushed into a really horrible situation, and because of who he was,
0: he had chances to walk away though
1: yeah, he became he became who he was, but if he never had cancer and it, or if he had enough money to pay for his medical bills without causing damage to his family, would he ever have been that person? I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to think about, especially in light of what's going on in the government and people's healthcare right now.
0: All right, two more bad bad guy, bad girl. Oh. With Wicked. Yeah,
1: so Wicked um, is a Broadway play, so obviously Jeff's not going to talk about it, because he'd mm. probably rather his head in an oven, but it's also a book. Um... Really cool because it tells the story of the Wicked Witch of the West and how she actually wasn't that wicked. Um, totally redeemable, actually. Um, everything that she did was kind of altruistic and to help people that she loved. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of fun to sort of see a story flipped on its head where the the bad guy really wasn't a bad guy they were just portrayed that way and it makes you sort of yeah look a little bit closer at history to sort of see like you know how were people portrayed and was that really fair for what they actually did and and what their circumstances were you don't ever know the full story of of any individual um but but also it's a fun play and i love that defying gravity song Right. Which I'm not gonna sing because Jeff would stab me. <laughs> stab, stab, stab. <laughs> Wouldn't stab
0: you. I would just give you this look, and then I'd cut it out of the audio later on. <laughs> Muha ha! All right. So the last, the last person we we'll want to talk about is um, a character in my mind who has now been officially just beaten to death in so many different ways, shape, or form. And that's Hannibal Lecter. Yep. We we saw Hannibal in you know. Manhunter, and then that was Redundant Dragon, which is the name of the book anyway, and then Silence of the Lambs, and then Hannibal, which all those stories weren't really about him though, you know?
1: Right, they were about other murderers or
0: murderedly right. Yeah. And then uh, you have, you had the show, which focused, you know, mostly on other serial killers, and Hannibal being a, you know, a, a, the help to the police department kind of thing. And then you have Hannibal Rising. Yeah. So Hannibal Rising is is the one that's out that we really want to talk about here.
1: Yes, I have seen this movie. I've read the book too. Thomas Harris is so brilliant. Like, if you haven't read one of his books, you really need to read it because he's
0: an amazing author.
1: Because he'll blow your mind. Because like, this is why he takes him ten years so to write a book. Good. Yeah. Like yeah. the writing is so good. The the characters are so interesting and so like multi layered. And he just really knows how to write a story. Like, the guy kicks butt. Um, But anyway, Hannibal Rising is really cool because it's about Hannibal as a young man and, and, and why he becomes the person that he is. And I loved the book, and I thought the movie was really well done. And I feel that Hannibal is redeemable. I don't know if you could say that after just seeing the movies about him, but if you read the books, I think you could totally see that he wasn't, and his core, an evil man. He did do evil things, um, and I think that he derived satisfactions from people's deaths probably more than maybe a normal person should have. But he also suffered immeasurably and and had to deal with all kinds of things that I don't think you'd have sort of a regular normal person's worldview after seeing the things that he had to deal with. And um I think at the end of the day, like, he did sort of still have his moral compass and he knew um he knew right from wrong and, and he knew that the people that he went after were more evil than he was. And so I think there's something to be said for that.
0: But but you know what though? There there is there is something about Hannibal that Mhm. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. Yeah, he was eating people.
1: Yeah, I know, but that's why you have to read Hannibal Rising cuz like him. the whole reason why he was. It's people. There was a whole reason why he was eating people and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But um I I think I feel like Hannibal's redeemable. Uh, let's,
0: let, I mean if you look at like Mason Verger.
1: M- Mason Verger is not redeemable. <laughs> no, you know, that motherfucker no. <laughs> is evil as all F. And I don't I don't think Gene Gum was redeemable. No, I don't think he was either.
0: Absolutely not. He is the face of evil. I yep. w- we're not talking about those two characters. The, the movie isn't about Buffalo Bill; it's about Clarice, yeah. right? You know, because like, you can't you can't talk about like oh, Ultron. No, obviously, like you know, it's still an Avengers movie. Ultron is not redeemable, but right. the other movies were about those characters. So, anyway, if we missed somebody, or if you got another idea. Let us know. Yeah. Tweet us at AtlasGum. Facebook stuff at us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and let us know what you thought of our assessments. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're not going to make any money off of the fact that they're probably going to make movies out of all those suggestions that we just had.
0: Probably not the Thor-Loki, but everything else.
1: They probably just will.
0: Because Thor-Loki wouldn't end in anything else. But everything else, yeah, I could see them totally doing...
1: Yep, because the rebooting and not giving us a shout out. No, but oh well.
0: Because <laughs> the, reboot, the rebooting Buffy and the rebooting um, Battlestar, when those things are like just ended, in my opinion, I guess it's been like ten years, but still,
1: yeah, more than ten years. I wow. just Buffy was so great. I don't know how I feel about them redoing that, but I know they're probably going to do Harry Potter. Another time in my lifetime and I'll be very angry about that too. I'll be some old lady on my porch like stamping my feet and throwing my tea at kids.
0: Probably. Don't don't throw hot tea at
1: I'm not saying hot tea. <gasps> I'm an old lady, I'm gonna be going slowly.
0: Are you the baddie? Are we the baddies?
1: <laughs> How could they replace Daniel Ratcliffe? <laughs> anyway so make sure
0: you go to our website prisondad.com check out our free stories which will be vanishing very soon by the way yes that, and more news about that when we actually get around to updating the website indeed um, yeah so free stories will be going away uh, we'll keep a couple up there for you though no, but the majority of them you can find in uh, things and stuff, which will be rebranded as Volume Five. More That's information correct. on that once we actually sit down and do it.
1: Yes. Um. We don't have any immediate plans to do any more cons in the near future.
0: No, we don't have any we'll events with the hosted. exception of uh, ChessieCon, Con, which will be at November. Yes. That's still a ways away. Yes. We mm. just sent. If in something our... else. Yeah, I have to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna be there for sure. Love those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep kicking it and doing our thing. Yeah, and take we have lots of right. For our, all of our new uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we had a great time, adventures. like,
0: back-to-back cons, so that was awesome. And we Most
1: excellent. Hope to and, meet some more of you. And may the force be with you. Yes. Always. Uh-huh.